What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard of business. Dead Meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Yeah. Hey, you're back. I'm back. And you can you can talk. Yeah, I and ju- I can see. What was the last thing we recorded? It was over a month ago, or about a month Ghoulies. ago. It was either Ghoulies or Slashback. Uh, I think, I think ghoulies, it was probably. Ghoulies. Yeah, but uh, since that time, I've had a polyp removed from my vocal cord mm-hmm. and then had to spend t- 10 days completely silent. It was weird. It was real weird. Um, I had to kind of translate for people. At least you're very good at charades. I'm really good at charades mm-hmm. and any and all parlor games, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but I, I was translating a lot for James, and I felt like Han Solo, and he was like Chewbacca, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we'd be hanging out with friends, and I'm like, oh, he's saying, uh, when are we going to go get food? You know? <laughs> so Yeah, but, it was a lot like... Uh, yeah. It was great, but uh, yeah, now I have my vocal range back for the first time in seven years. Yeah, it's like, literally it, since we've been together, you've had this weird vocal thing. Mm-hmm. And where I couldn't go high, but now I can go high. Ooh, I can, isn't that fucking that's cool? That's so weird. I, yeah, if you go back and watch uh, or listen to old any video you've ever seen me in, Practical Folks or this, yeah. my voice would crack at those registers. And yeah. now I can fucking do that. And I cannot explain how happy I am. I I can't. Like, I'll be sitting there randomly throughout the day and just smile because, like, now I can do this. Yeah. It's so, so fucking weird. crazy, dude. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, too. Oh, wait. You know, before we get into the movie. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Uh, before I forget, we are going to have a live show Dead Meat Podcast Live, March 31st. So if you want to come see us live in Los Angeles. At I'll, the Dynasty Typewriter. At the Dynasty Typewriter. I will put a link in the description. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Yeah. Or if you just search, uh, barring that, if you search Dynasty Typewriter LA, we're on their calendar. And there yeah. are little pictures there on mm-hmm. the 31st. Cool. Yeah. So go get that. Yeah. Please come. It'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now, we went to go see the new Invisible Man mm-hmm. a few days ago. That's what we're talking about today. Um, we'll do our little spoiler-free thing first, because this, again, uh, absolutely go see this in a theater. It was so fun. Our theater was pretty crowded. and yeah, It was. I was excited by uh, yes, how many people were there. Because it's always interesting to gauge how people are feeling about a horror film in a crowded theater, because you either... Like it's hard. It really changes your viewing experience because sometimes people are laughing at it because they think it's dumb, or in our case, people you could hear a pin drop at certain parts of this movie. It was so tense, and this is what I consider the ultimate test of a horror film. We were sitting by a group of teenagers, and after the movie, they were all standing outside the theater, and they were like, "Oh my god, that was so scary." Was it the three teenage girls? Yeah. Yeah. Who were like, when you got the tickets, you you got the two centermost tickets in the theater, not realizing that they, those two seats that we had, had like, weren't a 
a pair of chairs. The theater had pairs of chairs with like bigger armrests between them. So we were separated by a bigger armrest. And then I was sitting in a pair of chairs with one of those teenage girls with like a very narrow. Like, All I was thinking about is I want to be sitting in the center and have the best seat. I sit down and they come in. I'm like, oh, man. I almost turned to them and was like, sorry. But oh, no. I didn't. At least we weren't sitting by the guy who is like laughing at weird parts of this oh yeah do you remember that yeah but spoiler free review definitely worth seeing go see because it's it's a fun theater experience like good scares um unless the people in your theater are weird like it's it's such a good group experience because it's fun to just be all scared as a group and it it was written and directed by lee winnell who you know wrote saw Mm -hmm. and then there's a jigsaw jigsaw cameo or not jigsaw billy i'm sorry i'm sorry billy (laughs) there's a little billy cameo keep your eye out for it and he recently did uh upgrade upgrade is fantastic and there are hints of upgrade in this movie which we'll talk about more (laughs) i think upgrade was like his his training to make this although upgrade is not in any way like a inferior inferior movie at all i just think it Mm -hmm. was such a good step to making this film for sure i think with upgrade if he continues on this track of doing upgrade in this if his movies are like this now i think he's found maybe and who knows if he wants to because he also did um or no that was james Wan. he didn't have anything to do with that silence did he he may have co-written it. Maybe. But I know that directing is pretty uh, a new task for him, yeah. and he's, he's killing it. He's very good at it. Yeah. Um, I hope if he continues to refine his style and this is like where he's going, we're going to get some really good scary movies from it's him. It's super cool. Very good suspense. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, kind of tech uh production design yeah, and he also i wonder if he's going to continue in this vein of tech horror because upgrade is technological horror too and the horror of um just unethical tech do you and, know and, what i mean uh I, I don't know if they're still referred to as bmis but uh brain mechanical interfaces oh, which okay. yeah that, that's what upgrades all about mm-hmm. uh and then invisible man is a nice modern take on the original film from 1933, which we reviewed previously in the podcast, yeah. that saw Griffin, the mad scientist, I think Im- imbibing a chemical that turned him yeah, yeah. invisible. He is, yeah, he's drinking chemicals and is just experimenting on himself. And he's like a scientist in the old sense, but the Invisible Man, and I won't be spoiling anything in this section, the Invisible Man in this film is like a tech guy. He's, uh, yeah. it, it's an optics company, and it's just a modern update to the whole tech aspect. It's which is cool. Really it makes cool. it feel very timely. And again, I think it's neat that this an upgrade, because this is something we're going to have to deal with in, in the years to come um, more and more, you know, rapidly is like the idea of ethics and tech. Yeah. And just because something is a cool idea doesn't mean it can't be implemented in absolutely horrifying ways, which is why it's, scary that we undervalue the study of humanities of ethics of philosophy because mm-hmm. this is the everyone type of, should have to take yeah so i think these are really cool cautionary tale films about that stuff also this film is timely and relevant in the sense that it frames the invisible man in the uh context of an abuse an abusive partner yes and elizabeth moss plays a person uh an abused 
woman in a yeah, relationship and, who and, wants to be believed. Yes, it also is very timely in that aspect too. I will also say, um, you know, big content warning for this review, for this movie. I think if, if you're sensitive to depictions of abuse in film, maybe skip this one. I don't, I would say just be aware of it. What's, it's, it, it never depicts no no no. It, you you are never getting a straight up depiction um or even an explicit retelling of any yes. sexual abuse all Which it's implied everything it's, it's is implied. and i think that makes it scarier we never quite know exactly what it was because this is the very beginning of the film is she leaves him and we never get it explained but we don't need to you know all we need to know is he was scary enough for her to leave. And on and in the similar context, in the similar vein, the movie does such a good job of having everything from her perspective. This is really her movie. Yes. Even though it's called The Invisible yeah, Man. It is all about her. Character and it's it's very cool. And it also never feels um as much as it's a movie about abuse and being believed. It never has the issue, I think, which sometimes you can um, kind of like we talked about with the the perfection and, and issues people had with that movie where it feels like, is the person writing this qualified to write this? You know, are they qualified to make this statement? But I don't. And again, people may have a different opinion um, regarding Invisible Man, and that's totally fair and fine. But I don't think that this movie ever steps into like okay, maybe you're not the person to be making this. It feels very, it's very sensitively made and feels more, um, I don't know how to describe it. It never is like, a, I'm making this movie about women and women should be, you know, it just, it feels a bit more broad than that. Not it's, in a bad way, but. I would say it's, it's more subtle and nuanced rather than broad because I, I feel like it's, not pandering. That's what I mean. Is yes. it, it's, it's not like Leo and all deciding like, I'm going to make a, a, a feminist movie for women and I'm going to like really capitalize on this. Like we haven't too. seen the new Black Christmas, but I've heard complaints about it being that way. Just like this pandering. But I mean, it would again, be we haven't seen different it, if we haven't seen the new Black Christmas. Um, We missed it. I do wish we saw it in theaters, but at least that movie was made by women and sure. by women. It would be like if Leo and all made that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or it would just be like, Maybe not. You know, it would feel a bit uh, icky, but this doesn't feel that way to yeah, me. Yeah, if you're worried about this being like uh, uh, in your face, f- shoving down your throat, like them saying, believe all Hashtag women. Hashtag the- believe women. It's not, it's it's not, not that. that. It just touches on those themes because that's relevant in today's discourse. Yeah. And it's, it's also just a really well-made fucking movie. It's just a good movie. And it, it feels um, empathetically made. I think it's sensitive. And again, you may disagree. You may feel that it, does not um, properly handle the the subject of abuse, and that's totally fine. If that's an opinion you'd have, I'd love to hear your reasons why. Um, yeah, I think uh, Lee Winnell did a really good job. Yeah, and uh, it's very su- suspenseful. Yeah, so on that note, I want to move into spoiler territory. Let's get spoilery. So our non-spoiler is thing is up. Uh, go it's see good. it. Yeah, go see it's it. good. See it in a theater. 
big and loud, get scared. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now spoiler time. Yes. I just want, I do want to say <laughs> before this movie, I this is the first note I took. We got a trailer for this like insanely <laughs> weird Ben Affleck movie that oh, I'm man. kind of obsessed with because. Why is that getting made? Dude, I don't know. Like it is the most, what, what was it called? It's like the, the way back or something. I don't fucking know because it's it, a goddamn sports motivation is, movie that would have been overdone in the 80s. It's so weird. It is like the most template, sport, like inspirational sports movie starring Ben Affleck. And it's, I don't know, it seems like a parody movie, but Ben Affleck's in it. Yeah. Like it, it is, it looks like it will be completely competent you know what i mean like it's a competent <laughs> film and it'll be i just a good think one to see with your parents and i think it's a movie that ben affleck is making for personal reasons <gasps> also i'm calling to... it now calling it now demi oh. what's the date today i don't know if it's come out yet uh, it is the it's... it's monday march 2nd we're recording this the day before it needs to come out uh we've been busy um Calling it now. It's a secret 9-11 movie. Yep. I think 9-11 is going to be a plot point in the Ben Affleck basketball movie. Calling it. I just get that vibe from the trailer. It's going to be like that Robert Pattinson movie where it's a secret. Which is, I think is going to be its own genre now. Secret 9-11 movie. This will be one of the entrants in that genre. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Invisible Man is not a secret 9-11 movie. It's not movie. a secret 9-11 movie. Um, the, so the opening, we are immediately, and I love that this movie gets right into it, right into it. We don't need, again, we don't need to see him be a shit-ass boyfriend. We don't need to see any of the abuse because we start and it is her leaving him. At like 3.30 in the morning. And, and it is such a brilliant way to start this because the way that she leaves him and all of the precautions we see her take and all these little like hidden uh things in her you know in her house she has all these little hiding spots for her escape plan and you know that he must have done such terrible things to her to make her so scared and to make her so wary of him and she she doses him with diazepam to get him to sleep even her just having that and using it to dose him I think it's such a a subtle but cool choice instead of just using like sleeping pills or something it, it if you know what diazepam is you get like she's been prescribed this because presumably you know that is exacerbated by her being in this relationship you know yeah and the scene does so much to setting up so many other things we get to see the house that they're living in. Yeah. So we get to see the enormous amount of wealth he must have yes. because holy shit, this house is crazy. It is so beautiful. Lee Wanell, like, I don't know who his location scout is, but the house in this, both the houses and upgrade are like these weird postmodern, like gorgeous homes. Yeah, they're beautiful. I would live and in any of them. Um, they're a little cold, but they are. they're decorated to be that way. I did write down that. I, I think it's cool that right away, you know, this this is a technical remake of The Invisible Man or the Universal Monster movie. Um, and subtly, I think right away, you get the visual cues of a Universal Monster movie. Because when I think of the homes and the buildings in those movies, they're gigantic and cavernous because they're sets, right? Mm -hmm. But I instantly thought of the... Um, love interest dad's home in Invisible Man. We get these like rolling dolly shots from room to room and it just feels huge and gigantic and weird. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got from his house too is I I felt like it was a big 
mansion and it had that feeling of a universal home like a monster movie home where it's wide and open to fit your whole fucking crew in there yeah and it's the house on the hill too it's a house overlooking the ocean she's running down the so it it, it feels like a lab like a haunted lab on a hill so it's like these little subtle like visual things that intentional or not i got the vibes of a universal movie it also shows all of his amounts of control he has a lot of cameras everywhere that she has to turn off feels like his too Mm -hmm. You don't get a sense that she lives there, even though she does. (laughs) And it really establishes how intelligent she is and how uh, easy she'll be to root for because she's planned all this out. She's hidden a bag to be ready to go in like a little cubby in the closet. Mm -hmm. And she gets that. She's drugged him, obviously. She knows all the cameras to turn off. She turns one of the cameras towards him and keeps an eye on that one on her phone to make sure that he's still in bed as she's going out. I was so scared he like was a step ahead of her and was going to do that trick from one of the Saw. Is it Saw to where it's like like, this footage was from hours ago yeah 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 which is great and there's like a a pretty uh basic save the cat moment when she sees the dog zeus and is like oh i don't want to leave you with him zeus and like i think she says that i don't want to leave you with him yeah which goes further in establishing how afraid she is of him even though we have no idea exactly what's happening here it's made so well that it doesn't matter that you don't know the details. You're so into it and you're rooting for her to escape that all these little things that happen, there are little things that cause noise. And then eventually the dog barks and uh, sets off a car alarm. It's the car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all these moments even though you don't know the details, it just it's jarring you know. and so suspenseful. Which it's I, a great opening. I scene. think it's such a tasteful way to depict this abusive relationship. We don't need to see it. We don't need the the exploitive, weird, like, you know, we don't need to see that violence in this. We just we get it. And it's such good filmmaking to do that. And I think it's really sensitive filmmaking to to do that. And it's still it still packs a punch. It doesn't feel like it's holding back. It's well, just I mean, clever. literally, he punches through the window oh, of her fuck, sister's yeah. car. Her sister picks her up in the road and they're just about ready to go. And he runs up and punches through their window. Just just in case you weren't sure, he is a scary man. And they drive away and he uh, but she dropped her diazepam in prescription the road, yeah. and he picks it up. Yeah. And that's the cold opening. It's a very good opening. It's so good. It's a very good opening for the movie. It is, yeah. Just establishes the tone. It looks beautiful. Just so good. And I was sad when I realized that we weren't going to be at that house the whole movie. Me too. But it's cool that they go back to it enough. Like, it's it's the perfect amount. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't overstay our visit there. We're mostly spending our time at this uh, suburban house she winds up at with her friend James. Yeah, her hunky friend James. Dude, his triceps are bigger than my head. Just the triceps. Oh my God, his arms are amazing. We both, James was just like, dude, that guy's arms. And we're like, like yeah. I have so many notes about like, dude, that guy's arms. It's are Aldous Hodge is the actor's incredible. name. She. It, it's two weeks later, and she's living with him and his daughter. Oh uh, yes, yeah, Sydney. Who Sydney played she... by Storm Reed, who I haven't seen a wrinkle in time. No, but... and she's also in Euphoria, I think. Okay, so um, I'm sure which a I've lot heard of things good things about. But our younger audience is probably I more think, familiar yeah, people with. People know her. Uh, she's very good. They're both like everyone in the cast is great. Everyone's great. Um, I, I, I like that this is a non-romantic relationship. Between I know, her even and her though I was James. like, girl, he's single. <laughs> he's like yeah, a single hunky, dad. good yeah. cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a cop. He loves his daughter. Like, God, that's 
that's amazing. What a catch. But uh, I, I, yeah, I like that they are just friends and we don't really need to explain. I thought at first that he was her brother-in-law because the sister picks her up and then we just see like she's with. So I thought, oh, she's at her. But yep. no, I guess she's, he's a, a childhood friend of hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. think she's staying with him precisely because maybe they weren't as close while she was with um. Adrian. Adrian Adrian Griffin yeah because is, yeah. Adrian purposely does not know where this dude's house is it mm-hmm. makes sense for her to be there She's just hiding um, out in the suburbs here and she we see her coping with like she's afraid to go outside mm-hmm. um it's a big accomplishment when she goes and gets the mail it's actually a really cute moment um because James and Sydney are just so sweet like they're just really rooting for her and I I don't know I just I got the warm fuzzies from like those three like their their love for each other their friendship yeah it's a good relationship yeah. I will say noticed a bunch of Nike close-ups i i have a note about the nike close-ups <laughs> because i i even wrote like what's with her shoes i'm like are the shoes gonna be a thing no i think and that's then i'm branding. like no i think <laughs> i think someone got a nike sponsorship yeah yeah little... but also i'm like is it because oh it's symbolized like she's on the run she's running away from him but also <laughs> probably nike sponsorship yeah probably just a kickback get that coin i guess as she's living with them too we see that she is terrified of him still even though he has no idea where she lives would have no reason to just show up there uh but we get why she is so scared and it's it's i think very purposeful that it's portraying the abuser as this invisible presence because that's often you know Mm. a symptom of ptsd where it's you are scared irrationally even of maybe that person is still there maybe they're gonna find you and that is you know, leaving an abusive relationship, that's the most dangerous time, Mm -hmm. uh, is if you leave an abusive partner right afterwards is when you're in the most danger. So it's, he already is, even though he is not explicitly the invisible man yet, we don't know he's in an invisible suit as we later find out, but he still is an invisible character and she is still acting like there is an invisible person in her home. And I think that that is like a genius way to portray that fear even if he he isn't quite yet the like the the invisible suit guy but he still is like the invisible man in a different way and i think that's really neat so then she finds out that he died he's dead and it's i think they i like the way that we get her reaction like her emotions in that moment you can tell are really complicated and because you know maybe relief confusion guilt i think a lot of guilt um, even though she, he's someone she was trying to escape, but ultimately he's still someone that part of her loves him and loved him. And that's why an abusive relationship is so complicated and scary. And I, I imagine, yeah, she would have felt guilty in that moment because she did leave. And I wonder if she's like, is this my fault mm-hmm. even? And Elizabeth Moss is so great. She is so damn good. God, what a powerhouse Peggy Olsen. I, I imagine her work in Handmaid's Tale. Is that a Handmaid's Tale? Hand, the Handmaid's Tale, yeah. Yeah. It probably lends some emotional uh, uh, transference that she can pull on from that role here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love it. She's so good. She's very good. I also love, and I tweeted about this, but I love that this movie is starring Peggy Olsen from Mad Men, and we, before the movie, got a trailer for Candyman, which has Dawn from Mad Men, yeah. and I just, oh my gosh, it makes me so happy. And then we had, like, Joan was in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. She was in The Purge, or not The Purge, The Strangers sequel, mm-hmm. and 
I'm all for the Mad Men actresses being in horror films. Where you at, January? January Jones, Get in on that. Fucking, uh... Jessica uh, Paray, too. Yeah. Let's get her in some horror movies. Well, uh... Kieran and Shipka, she's doing Sabrina. Mm-hmm. That's close enough. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, yeah, she goes and meets with Adrian's brother, who is his attorney, and he's going over the will. Oh, uh, this little skis ball, man, Tom Griffin. Good casting. He's Tom. very good. Yeah, what is it? Michael Dorman? He's He looks familiar, but then I looked at his credits. Yeah, it's I'd... so weird. He looked so familiar. Maybe we've like met him and we just don't remember. No, no, he's got a little mustache. He kind of looks like Eric from uh, We Hate Movies. His hair and mustache kind of <laughs> sure. look like that. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, he's a little. He's a little skis. He's so he's uh, um, summoned them there because Adrian, uh, who is now dead, has left five million. I almost called her Peggy. Has oh. <laughs> left uh, Cecilia mm-hmm. five million dollars, and I briefly thought, well, why? But uh, money is a way that abusers can control their victims. I think it's a big power play. Um, let's, you know, theoretically, let's say he did actually just straight up kill himself and there's no uh, invisible suit aspect of this movie. Like the movie, this is like, you know, she just leaves an abusive boyfriend and he leaves her money. Um, it's it's a way to control her. It's a way to like, even in death, like mm-hmm. I'm, I am giving you, I am pr- providing for you and you're always going to be dependent on me and what I am providing for you. It's like a sick, you know, post-mortem move to make. It's really gross. So if you're like, well, why would he leave her money? It's just another way to control her because of course you're going to take it. And you might be like, well, she shouldn't take it, but no, she does. And then decides to use it to fund Sydney's college. Also, it's a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Fucking take it. <laughs> yeah, she uses it to fund Sydney's college. She wants to go to Parsons, which I love. She wants to go to fashion school. Parsons is like where they have Project Runway or they used to oh, anyway. Okay. So I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to go like study under Tim Gunn or whatever. Yeah. So, and I love that whole scene too where she has gets ladder, them a ladder right? yeah. and they're like, thanks for the ladder. It's got a little bow on it. Like it's a commercial. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, wait, what? You could. What's up there? Oh, you can use this ladder. I got you to go get this weird envelope that's on the top of this bookshelf, and the envelope has the. the it's, it seems like that that just really establish these three protagonists as just real people with a nice relationship I that you know. can relate to. And I just I think always to movies made in like the two thousands that just have really scripted scenes with characters that don't feel real. They feel like they're saying scripted dialogue and that's the contrast for me I think yeah that's the difference between having characters that I believe and enjoy as opposed to characters that feel like movie characters and are just bullshit to me yeah like these these characters all feel real and they're all so sweet and that that goes a long way for me to enjoy a movie because that makes me root for them uh makes me scared for them uh and this is also the first scene where we start to get some weird shot choices and the there was first some shot weird editing from down at the first hall. where i was like why are we lingering on this weird faraway shot for so long and i'm like oh it's because it's a pov shot yeah he's here it's the first shot that indicates oh the invisible man has invisible arrived man it's from down here. the hall looking at the three of them yeah. in the realize, living room oh there's four characters in this scene mm-hmm. yeah it's great yeah it's great to just make you think like why is this shot we oh okay yeah and then it's the next day that we finally see stuff happen uh for reals uh c is making breakfast Mm -hmm. on the stovetop and when she leaves the room the burner goes up to the max and the knife is taken off the cutting board right what happens is is she um 
leaves the kitchen for a second and like I think she bumps the knife and it falls but then he catches it so it doesn't make any noise oh I see yeah I don't think she even realized she bumped it okay I didn't I didn't realize that either yeah so because you're which is it's so cool because it falls behind the counter so you don't see it so you're expecting to just hear the noise and when you don't hear that noise it's such a good little ooh. it's just a little it's one of those like ooh icky scares and this is and I wish we had mentioned this in the spoiler free portion of the review this scene is in the trailers and the trailer when it came out I remember feeling like it revealed to much it's not the case yeah uh which is a real nice surprise you can watch the trailer for this and go and see the movie and still be shocked and surprised by a lot that happens i know that it seems like one of those trailers where it spills out the whole movie no it doesn't and i wish we had said that um we'll obviously get to it but this movie had one of the scene like one of the um most shocked like it is the most like taken aback I've been by something in a film in a long time. I mm-hmm. genuinely was caught off guard and it was amazing. Well, we'll get to it. Uh, part of the genius too of making Sydney this aspiring fashion designer is there are dress forms all over the house and dress forms with clothes on them, including one dress form that looks like our our classic Invisible Man. He's got the hat and the yeah. jacket. And what do you point? Invisible oh, man yeah, back there. Yeah. Was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, there he is. He's up there. And yeah, you point out the the other nod in the hospital. She sees a guy with bandages yeah, yeah, all yeah, over, it, and the the chair. Yeah, there's like a butt print in the chair, and we're like, oh, he's there, just like in the classic. It's, but she throws a blanket, and it's not there. It's so. the first time we start to see her it's the first time she sees stuff like moving and is like there's someone in this fucking room and we yeah we see a little great little in the chair and it's a nod to which you would you would never know that's a nod to the original unless you just recently watched it or Mm -hmm. you know are pretty familiar with it but i was like oh my god the butt print that's one of my favorite little effects in the original it's a little (laughs) invisible butt in the chair (laughs) and also yeah that so that night is we'll we'll just kind of skip to that is when she first starts seeing signs of there's a presence in here. The This is when the audience, I think, is tr- is like fully bought into this film is like the sheet and yes. like the chair. She throws the sheet on the chair. No one's there. And then she goes to like pull the sheet back and it's stuck. Yeah. And she looks and there's someone like kneeling on it. Mm-hmm. It's like his knees. Oh, I thought he was just standing on it. I think he's like kneeling because then he puts his hands oh, on shit. the sheet and is pressing it down. And the fact that my like our audience at least was so scared of a fucking bed sheet mm-hmm. was like I just had I had such a moment where I was like, man, I fucking love horror. We're such like we all have such animal brains. Like we're never not going to be scared by just little things like that. You know, I don't think we're ever going to grow out of that. Like no matter how much horror evolves or continues to change, we're all just going to have our, our primal brains triggered by these little simple things. And it's like that, or it's just this bed sheet that is, is weird. And this is when she begins to vocalize, Hey, there's an invisible man. Cause she screams for James to come in and, Obviously, that's There's and it's just it's the mannequin and mm-hmm. Sydney slept through the whole thing, so they're like, "Uh oh, she's she's not doing so good." Yeah. <laughs> um, and it it begins the journey of the, and I I've said this many times in the podcast. It's not a trope that I hate because when it's done well like this, it's it's a good ride and it's but it it's like it stresses me out. Mm-hmm. It's the character that um 
everyone thinks is crazy, but you know is not crazy. Like Candyman is another one. Yep. This movie, I think, um, would be a great double feature with Candyman, the oh, original sure. at least. I think her and Virginia Madsen's character have a lot of um, similarities and have a similar psychological journey at least because it's them everyone thinking they're crazy meanwhile all of their loved ones are being taken away from them as a support system and they have no one yeah so that's that's a trope we often see in horror movies to varying degrees and i feel like this movie is one where it's pretty much the crux of the film it is like a defining feature of the film and our protagonist's journey which I will say there were, I believe, four instances in this movie. Oh, you said three last. I'm, I'm. I said three or four. Okay. And then I, I believe I counted four. Uh, where that's that's a tough thing to do realistically and believably to me, especially for an entire movie. It's and there, yeah. And there were four times throughout this movie, and I'll I'll name them as they happen, where I didn't buy it because. It's, I hate that you even pointed these out to me because I was like, fuck. They're they're literally the only criticisms I have of this movie. I love this movie, yeah. and I think that the ending completely washes over these four specific instances where I was like, oh, I like this movie, but I don't love it. After the ending, I was like, oh, I love it. The ending brought it all home and was good enough to like wash those out for me. But I, I just think it's a risk when your premise is – this person is being gaslit, essentially, and no one around her believes her, even though what she is saying is true. Mm-hmm. That's tough to pull off. And there were just a few instances in this movie where I was like, they didn't quite pull yeah. it off in a way that made me believe in the other characters' reactions. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to run through those? Um. Or do you want to like as we as hit we them? as we hit them up? Okay. Because right now, like this scene where she sees him kneeling on the sheets and then calls for James and he doesn't believe her obviously makes sense that he wouldn't he'd be like Uh-oh. oh she's just seeing stuff yeah seeing the dress form like I see why that line is really hard to tow because you have to at once like make your audience scared for your character and like get your audience in the character's head but also like make everything subtle enough to where other characters would feasibly not believe your character and exactly. so it's hard to and it's hard enough to pull that off when it's like in Candyman that's not the f- the whole the movie. Whole movie. That's right. just like part of the plot. In this, it's the whole movie. So to pull that off over and over, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I yeah. get it. But uh, the next day, she has a job interview. She's oh, yeah. an architect with this dude who he was an upgrade. Um, he's one of the bad oh, really? guys. An upgrade. Yeah, I remember being really impressed by him. I just remember thinking that guy played such a good sleaze bag, and he's also got a sleaze bag here. He's too. got some soft sexism he's here. He's like, like oh, oh, beautiful, beautiful women and architecture. I don't remember what he actually. Yeah, says. I just wrote down beautiful woman oh no i think it was like oh uh, uh she said where she's from maybe and he was like oh is that where all the beautiful women yeah. come from it's like and dude this is a like, job interview okay i want to yeah so she she opens up her design portfolio because she's an architect and it's empty empty and she she's she knows she put her portfolio in there of course that hi lucy of course we know adrian took all of her work out of there so um but to this dude she just looks maybe a bit irresponsible a little out of it she's feeling woozy she passes out she passes out and that's uh it's an upgrade shot yes it's, it's as the though the camera were shot. attached to her by the shoulders or something looking Love at her and she passes out yeah it looks cool 
Yeah. But she ends up in the hospital. Um, the doctor, that's when she sees the guy wrapped up in bandages and they have kind of a look at each other. And yeah, he looks like the old school invisible mm-hmm. man. Um, but that's when, yeah, the doctor tells her that she'd been dosed with diazepam, diazepam which as if we remember from the beginning, she accidentally left on the road and she must have realized. At and some when she point. comes home, that bottle's there and it's got blood on it too, by the way. Yeah. Where'd that blood come from? He, it's he. Uh, Adrian punched the car window. Remember? Okay. So he would have had. He would have been all bloody. And he picks yeah. It up. So I would say, uh, take that to the police and say, hey, this is. You want to check out this blood? It's Adrian's blood. But that doesn't prove anything. Because no, it's, but it might uh, help your support with James. I guess your yeah. friend who would be more inclined but to believe you. But also, if as a I'm, cop. if I'm, so let's say I'm James. If my options are. There's a guy in an invisible suit tormenting my friend versus maybe she just forgot that this did end up in her bag that night and she just realized it's there. Sure. You know. But his, I, his I blood see, being I on it what, is pretty. I see what you mean. Yeah. But I think the blood on it, it, it makes her realize like, oh, he would have taken this off the road or something. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like confirmation for her. Yeah. That this, yeah. he grabbed it after he punched the car window. Therefore mm-hmm. he, yeah, exactly. Hey, this week's sponsor is hello fresh or hola fresh. Oh, <laughs> not actually though. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they're registered under hola fresh, uh, hello fresh, a meal kit delivery service right to you. We love hello fresh. Oh yeah. Cause meal prep is time consuming mm-hmm. and you know it, it's also time consuming to pick something to eat it really is <laughs> it really it's, is you know like the dilemma of choice thing where you have too many options and you just you can't mm-hmm. sometimes you just need someone to make those choices for you and that's what HelloFresh is great for and they have lots of different options too we do the vegetarian meals which you still like even though you eat I'm meat. a meat eater but I like to have uh to develop a palate for meatless meals and HelloFresh makes it easy because they're all tasty. They're yeah. Not just salads. Right. It's not <laughs> just salads, which I'm thankful for because I don't really eat meat, but I don't like the sal- like salads fine. Yeah, you're a picky one to eat uh, cook for. Yeah. But, but, hello, I, I but like, you do like HelloFresh meals, so I, that makes it easy. No, it really does. I'm straight <laughs> up not even just saying that. I do like, yeah, they. I really like their stuff. They have lots of good veggie lasagnas mm. um, or um, like raviolis and stuff. Cause I like squash a lot. Yeah. So lots of like squash-based things in the veggie meals, which is great. You'll eat more sustainably, too, because you don't have to worry about food waste or anything, which is big. You also just don't have to worry about like food just sitting in your trash or sitting in your fridge and getting all stinky because that's the worst and that's you don't want sm- stinky food you don't get that smell out for like months it's gross <laughs> so if you want to get 10 meals for free yeah that's a great deal that face <laughs> with free shipping which is a big deal too because the meals are heavy mm-hmm. yeah so if you want to get 10 meals for free go to hellofresh.com slash deadmeat10 that's the number 10 like one zero and again hellofresh.com slash deadmeat10 to get your 10 free meals, you can try out HelloFresh. Decide if you like it, which you will, because it's super convenient. Eat food on us. Eat food. <laughs> it's on us. <laughs> Not really, though, because it's free. <laughs> We're just, we just get to like take credit for it, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so once again, that is HelloFresh.com slash deadmeat10. 10 free meals, free shipping. Holy crap. HelloFresh. <laughs> Uh, Cecilia goes back to see Adrian's brother, and that's when she brings James with her as some uh, emotional backup, I think, which, like, you know what? If, 
if you could have anyone with you, that's the guy you want on your <laughs> side. He's so cool. He's like simultaneously very friendly, but scary because he could like crush you with his biceps. Um, but she's like, here's what's up. Uh, your brother built a, a suit or something. Or no, like, she, he found a way he found to be a, invisible. Oh, yeah. We don't have the suit in play. She's like, he figured out some way to be invisible. I mean, and he worked in optics. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. He mm-hmm. He's a tech dude, worked in optics. He must have figured out some way to be invisible and is torturing me. Please tell him to stop. And the brother's like, well, I have this urn full of ashes that would say otherwise. But But he also has pictures of Adrian dead. That's right. Blood all over. So Uh, and uh, he's he's saying, like, you're letting him win by making you think he invented something to be invisible. Don't let him win. Yeah. uh, Posthumously crediting him with this amazing invention. Like, don't let him win and think that. Look, I have these pictures of him dead. So I think now as an audience, you're either like oh, the brother's in on it, or you're thinking, oh, shit, is he maybe dead? Am I crazy also? The pictures, thinking? yeah, made me, threw me for a loop. Right, which I think they're supposed to. I think mm-hmm. it's cool that this movie at times makes you, you know, second guess your assumptions But about I also, what's going so on. that's a minor, and this isn't included in the other uh, complaints I had, that's another minor criticism I have, mm-hmm. is that, uh, obviously how they pull it off yeah how they pull sure. it off obviously in the end adrian's revealed to not be dead but the brother has pictures of him dead but she was reading about his death in a newspaper right i think even though he's a rich guy i know that which was gives my, you a lot of leeway i'm like he's rich Whatever. i'm pretty sure they would have to see a death certificate or something to be publishing information about this guy's dead it seems very uh i don't know I feel like there would be a legal process involved, which would have to confirm that that guy is and dead. And then, like, who's the... How, I mean, it could just be an empty urn. It probably is just an empty yeah. urn. But it's like, what they do with the body? Yeah, you know, exactly, like, exactly. Are, the, are, isn't, like, the city going to be like, yo, where's that body at? <laughs> yeah. We kind of so need that. I, I have thankfully never had to deal with the death of a yeah, loved yeah. one, so I don't know the process. Maybe it is a more private thing where you can just say that, he died. I even know. But I don't also, know. Also, they're like they're also like very rich. Another league of richness. Like they're yeah, just they're, they're stupid rich. rich. And I <laughs> that's my write off. If if like that's fine. If yeah. the character wasn't super wealthy, I'd be like. The In fact, I'll I'll take that. I will not leave that as a criticism of this movie. Yeah, because then that's pause, just time but... spent where I'm like, I don't care. Sure. <laughs> I don't care. They faked his death, whatever. I'm just saying it made me pause. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, she goes to talk to her sister. And her sister won't even let her in the apartment because she's like, you sent me this awful email and called me suffocating. Get out of here. Yeah, I think we get it implied. She says in the email, like, I wish it was you had died instead of Adrian or something like that. Yeah, this is the this is the first time where I'm like, hold up. You're telling me Elizabeth Moss can't say, let me see this email and go through it and be like no i i didn't send this or that her sister is so dismissive of her but it sounds like and maybe and this is the problem with taking notes during a movie sometimes i miss stuff i think earlier it's implied that they're not super close i don't think they are because when she goes to pick her up she's like what's this all about i, I think they probably grew might, distant because I, I think there might be some tension there already cecilia does say that adrian controlled her movement what she ate everything so she probably did not have a healthy relationship yeah. with her sister I, think, I just feel like i don't know sure but i also think adrian 
maybe knew that there was some tension there and knew the exact thing he could say that would like totally exacerbate it. But I I see what you mean. It's This is not one of my four, I will say. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, but I did think that maybe sister, but maybe that's just because my good relationship with my sister, I couldn't envision a scenario <laughs> where I showed yeah. up and Janelle was like, you wrote this email saying fuck off and didn't give me a chance to explain myself, right. you know, like just saying I didn't send that email would be enough for us. Sure. Yeah. But CC doesn't even say, or C, I think is her nickname, doesn't even say that, which I'm like, at least say you didn't write the email. Right. And again, if this sounds nitpicky, it's because it's because this, this movie. movie's so good. Yeah. There's just little nitpicky things, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have like any big overarching problems with this movie. Um also the the scene with Adrian's brother, he mentions, look, my brother is abusive to me too. I'm terrified of him. That's right. Don't, you know, I, I get it. I think he tries to, you know, use it as like a, see, we, we have this in common. He's mm-hmm. scary. We're the same, Don't let him I. control you. Like, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, now she realizes she's being isolated by Adrian. Yeah. He's cut off ties to her sister. And then uh, that night, she, uh, I forget how she winds up on the floor crying. I think they're, oh. Is she just having like a nervous breakdown yeah, or something yeah. about it? But that's when Sydney. And that's after she reads the email that that's had been right. sent from her account. And it's like really fucked up. It does say, I wish you were dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not a nice not email nice. to send. Uh, so she's crying about that. And Sydney comes in and is like, hey, let's go, you know, let's girls go. Night. Girls night. Girls and night. And she's like, okay, yeah. And then Invisible Adrian punches Sydney. Punches this little girl in the face, well, by the way. Little girl is... Okay, to me, because I'm old now. But <laughs> she, she's like 15, I think, in this. Well, no, older. She's about to go to she's college. college, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he punches her down. And then she's like, Cecilia, why'd you do that to me? This is one of my four. Sure. I because guess I Cecilia could see... is... There is a space between the characters. She is on the ground getting up. And the hit seems to come from the opposite direction. And Sydney is immediately like, why would you do that to me? Yeah. This one's tough for me. It's tough. Yeah, I guess I could. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to think. <laughs> I literally was in my head before we started recording, playing through. If I'm <laughs> sitting that close to someone and, you know, I'm, I'm in real life and not watching a movie called The Invisible mm-hmm. Man where I'm very aware of the fact that there is an invisible dude. Exactly. And yeah, therefore aware of like the spacing between them. And in the moment, if I just randomly get punched and like it feels like a he hits her hard. Yeah. If I just get punched. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my I, explanation. I, would I think be. it yeah. just I think that moment would just go by so fast and. I don't know. Your first reaction would probably be, what the fuck? You know? Because where else would it have come from? Yeah. It just seems... It's another thing, though, where it's like, Sydney is like, Cecilia, why'd you do that? And then doesn't give Cecilia a chance to explain herself. And it's like, I don't think they know Cecilia as a violent person. This wouldn't be an expected action from her. So it just seems forced to me a little bit sure. that this other character believes instantly that Cecilia, this nice lady who is paying my college tuition and who was about three feet away from me on the floor, just punched me in the head or whatever. Right. I guess it's, I think maybe because she's already been acting a little weird Mm -hmm. because she's like, Adrian's invisible. Yeah. (laughs) I think maybe, (laughs) I think maybe part of the reason he 
reacts so quickly and is so quick to get Sydney out of there is because he did just go to a meeting with her where she was like, here's what's up. Adrian's figured out a way to be invisible. <laughs> and you know, he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, so, that's what James does is he leaves with Sydney. They yeah. leave the house. So I think, like, the meeting and then that right after, I think mm-hmm. maybe he's, I think I could understand why he's like, let's, let's, you know, I don't want to take any chances here. I'm going to get his my reaction. I don't here. mind. He wasn't there to see what happened. Yeah. It's more Sydney's. Sid- yeah, sure. Yeah. So that does serve the function of cutting her off from her family and friends. Classic abuser move. But this part especially really highlighted for me the difference between this remake and the original Universal movie and um the book itself because all versions of griffin he's just griffin in the book he doesn't have a first name mm-hmm. um they're all like really they're different in um interesting ways like griffin i think in the book is kind of a dick the whole time like he just is more of a dick after getting invisible and more power hungry but what's really cool is the movie version of of jack griffin is he before he does the experiment on himself that turns him invisible he by all accounts is a normal dude everyone likes him he has a healthy relationship with his fiance who loves him a lot his father-in-law likes him like everyone likes him but then he drinks this potion and he becomes hungry for power and he has that monologue about just like we're gonna take over the world like he's gonna have the ability to control everyone and everything like he's invincible and his ultimate goal is power over everyone and everything versus this version where he even before he becomes invisible he is a villain and a bad person and he is there you know he then invents this invisible suit to aid him in his pursuit of control over one person yeah and she even says later why me why like, me could yes. be anyone I, it, but yeah this I'm griffin is she had that moment because i remember thinking that at one point i'm like dude but i mean that's it's about power it's yeah. about power and it's about having because this we have of our character who because it wouldn't make any sense for him, I think, to be like, I'm going to I'm gonna pursue power over the whole world because we, we see him. He's a tech giant. He has all the money in the world, seemingly. So it's like, it for me, it wouldn't make sense for him to just be totally power hungry. Yeah, crashing I, trains. I think that the change here to make him just obsessed with power over one specific person is so fucking scary mm-hmm. and so effective and such a cool way to utilize this character and to reinvent this character because ultimately abuse and and being an abusive partner it's power and it's power over another person and he does have a more specific motivation as well in that he ends up getting her pregnant yeah Uh, we find out that he swapped out her birth control pills that she was taking to avoid becoming pregnant which would kind of anchor her to him so she says yeah and uh he found out switched him out and so it also makes sense it's not just him wanting to exert this power over the person he's with but also create a new him with her and you know have that to raise and yeah and therefore if all else fails there is a child in the picture now and we are in we are always going to be connected to each other in Mm -hmm. some way because now there's a kid involved yeah um so i i just think it's it's a genius way to use the character of jack griffin this like power because it's his you know in all versions he's foiled by his pursuit of power and that's used here in such a unique way that i i really love 
Yeah. And it's really fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I love how um, deductive she is and intelligent. She spreads coffee grounds all over the floor yeah, to try to track paranormal activity. footprints. Yeah. The baby powder trick, the classic. Um, <laughs> and then she goes to call his cell phone and hears it buzzing in the, in the attic. attic. Again, I thought of paranormal activity. Oh, I thought sinister. Oh, that, and I addicts, thought of hereditary. Man. Yeah. Addicts, addicts they're fucking scary. scary. I think addicts are scary. Are they the basements. scariest part in a house? I was going to yes. ask. They're scarier than basements? Yes. yes. What about a crawl space? Oh, crawl spaces are gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not very big. They're not. I think attics are scary. I think because I had a basement growing up, I'm I'm less like the attic was the one place that was off limits. Like, yeah, no could go up there yeah, because yeah. not because there's anything cooler. How about my my uh, childhood bedroom before I moved into the basement? The only way to get to the attic was through my closet in the childhood. That's so creepy. That was scary as that hell. That was my my parents' room was the only way to get to the attic. And there was a door in the garage, but it wasn't like there was anything fun. Of, it was just, there. it just was insulation. Yeah. There was no like finished walls, so we couldn't go up there. But it just always has been this weird forbidden space. Yeah. In fact, the, the attic at my childhood home is the one place that I can't envision because I just never yeah, went up I have there. No idea I don't know what, what it looks like. I have up no there. idea what it's like up there. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So I think the, that's why attics sure. creep Attics me are out. the creepiest. By the way, I, I wrote a note here that it essentially for a little bit is kind of a ghost movie because or like a it almost feels like a supernatural movie like she's being haunted but this is so like it it freaked me out so much more that it's like no it's this very human guy who is just so fucking obsessed with you that he built a suit to torture you (laughs) like that and I just ooh that really really creeped me out it just would have been if you followed all the same beats of this film but it was a ghost it's not as scary yeah Yeah. so in the attic she finds his phone which uh uh gets a text or on her phone gets a text that says surprise Surprise. Uh uh, from an unknown number there's also a knife up there in a bag which she takes out of the bag which i think is dumb Mm -hmm. uh but on the phone on his phone that she finds in the attic there are pictures of her and Sydney sleeping in bed. This was what he was taking uh, that night when she saw him kneeling on the blanket or whatever. She doesn't take this phone. Yeah. And I realize, and, and so for all these four things that I'm bringing up, we already did the one with uh, the hitting Sydney. There are explanations to them. So they're not like stone cold. I, like plot. I, they're not plot they're not holes. Plot holes. They're just... They you know, stretch maybe my limits of believability. Sure, yeah, yeah. And this one, the explanation is the stuff that follows is so crazy and kind yeah, of fast paced. Where that phone was? That maybe she didn't think about that phone. But to me, I see those pictures on that phone. I'm putting that in my pocket. That is fucking hard evidence that there was someone in that room. Clearly, she couldn't have taken those pictures herself. You show that to James. I feel like that's some. Damn good evidence yeah. in favor of your theory that there's an invisible person watching her and Sydney. Yeah. But she doesn't. I don't know what happens to that phone. It just I, is I, left I, up there, I guess. That's also the problem of taking notes while I watch a movie because maybe there's a moment where it gets crushed or there's something happened and I just didn't see it. Yeah, I take notes while staring at the screen. Or so something. I, I, I know, know that she just left the phone. Yeah. But very uh, good scare at the in this. This scene. scare this made me good. yell out. This got the, the whole theater it really. I felt like I was the only one who yelled out loud when it happened. (laughs) I I was worried that people would laugh at me. No. But she, uh, yeah, she like hears noises coming from the ladder. It's after she gets the text. Yeah. Surprise. And it's noises from the uh, ladder going into the attic. So she goes up over to it. 
and she like throws a thing of paint and it's right in front of her covers the person right in front of her i fucking yelled so much it's man. so cool it's he's just so much closer scare. up than you think he's yeah exactly you cool. think he's like down there but yeah. no he's right there i love too that the this is this to me is such clever like really clean crisp screenwriting is the whole like she gets them the ladder as a gift presumably because i you know they're gonna paint and st- I think she maybe knows they're doing some home renovation because we see there's drop cloths and shit and they have mm-hmm. paint and there's stuff. So it all like makes sense to me that there would just be paint there. Yeah. And it's thankfully white paint, which is the cool looking. Uh, they're not painting a room like purple or something. <laughs> it would be a little bit goofier, but I think it's just not- it's nice. Like it's a nice thread that is woven throughout that. It makes sense that they have like the ladder therefore you know they're doing some home reno therefore there's sheets everywhere so everything kind of looks like people because there's stuff covered in sheets and there's also paint that she can use to throw at him it's nice it's just really really clean yeah well done so she runs off uh runs out of the house we see uh uh security cam footage of either that house or the neighbors of her just running just running down the street from nothing and she calls a, a lyft or an uber that guy shows up fast. Yeah. She gets in and she's like, can you drive me however many hours away? To Stinson Beach. I don't know how far away it's supposed to be, but he does. Mm-hmm. Um, And she goes back to the house. Yeah. The yeah. house, that dope ass house from She the asks that guy, she's like, can you wait here? I'm going to run in and get something. I just got to take care of some stuff. Uh, Dude, this... <laughs> This Lyft driver must have really needed the cash because this seemed <laughs> scary instantly because she gets in the car and it's, it's like, like fucking go. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly there's something going on. But this guy is a trooper and he waits out there for her. So, well, he's got to go back anyway. Might <laughs> as well true. get paid to do it. So yeah. she looks around the lab and the house and is looking everywhere. She sees Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. Uh, and she discovers this suit. It's like hanging up in like, I thought of Iron Man and his lab from the I first movie. I thought of Watchmen for okay. some reason. I thought of like the Dr. Manhattan like little room where he gets all transformed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she finds this suit and it's a suit that she like has to turn on to, to show its visibility and it has cameras I think this everywhere. Is so cool. It's I, a suit of cameras. It took me a minute to understand how the suit worked because she also sees there's like a oh iPad pretty much on the wall with like a 360 camera, and she's like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Yeah, like where's this? Where view is this coming view from? coming from? And she, when the suit activates or when it deactivates mm-hmm. rather, and it isn't invisible anymore, you realize, yeah, it is the. It's a suit made of like 360 degree lenses that are all over the suit and it took me yeah it took me a minute to get but I think it's so clever and you don't need any more explanation as to how it works and honestly I'm surprised that nothing like this exists <laughs> I'm sure there's reasons why it wouldn't actually work in real life but basically so if you if you think of like your hand or if you make a fist and imagine there is a camera on like your knuckles and there is another like there's like a screen on like the back of your hand the input coming through the camera on your knuckles is then like projected on the screen on the back of your hand so that it basically looks like your hand is Mm see-through and it's 360. So everything has like a camera and a screen on top of it. So it's like, it's all just, it's cool. It is just projecting the world around it. Yeah. In front of you. It's, It's such a simple, cool 
like it, there's not like any dumb we don't have a stupid montage of her like looking through his computer realizing <laughs> yeah. like oh my god he made this serum that you know it's not like the fucking green it's like if you get the shit. technology great if, if you, you don't, don't quite get how it works whatever. it's good enough it's, it's a suit yeah but I, I think it's such a neat clever little little you know there's not any it's also great to realize that he's not running around naked he's not because like invisible man classic og he's just to be fully invisible he's hanging dong he's hanging dog man yeah Yeah. which is dangerous smoking a pipe yeah which again is why i love the original (laughs) so much but no, no no this one he has the dignity of a suit so she i think zeus starts barking or something she realizes that adrian has shown up which again How'd he do that? She just took a lift a long ass way. Did an invisibly driven car just show up or what? He might have also. I think if. No, he could have also just gotten a ride back. I think he would have also just driven there. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Again, I don't care. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I do care about is she takes this suit and then from the lab from the lab and she hides it in the same cubby hole in which she had stored her getaway bag so it's like a secret spot that apparently he wasn't aware of in the closet but she puts the suit there instead of taking it and running back to that lift and getting out of there fuck yeah that was one thing i also was like where i was like there's your evidence confused you have the heart and here's my understandable explanation there she does get attacked by adrian like moments after so uh she hides the suit and then realizes that he's there and he attacks her and she manages to get away so i guess her reasoning is i don't have enough time to get out of here with the suit yeah. and if he sees me with it he's that's gonna it. take the suit and that's it i'm so never finding it, it ever it, again i guess she makes a calculation it's safer to hide it in a place where he won't know where it is and then I can come back later or she tries to send James over there to get it. Yeah. Uh, which I guess that makes sense. I think that makes the most sense. If it were me, I would have taken it, it out fucking there. booked sure. it. There's my evidence. But again. I, but yeah, it's tough because then if he gets it, that's it. You're not sure. ever getting it back mm-hmm. or finding it again. I think that if that were the first time I had this thought of like stretching my believability, I it wouldn't have registered as much. But being the third time where I'm like, Come on. Like, yeah. That's the, yeah. But sure. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Like I did I, write at this. I wrote invisible fight because I thought she was going to put the suit on and that they oh, were going to yeah. have like an invisible fight, which I was like, that's going to be real dumb. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That'd be the stupidest fucking fight. It would fight. be not fun. That'd be worse than uh, be uh, Gandalf versus Sauron. Oh, man. <laughs> Nothing is better than that. <laughs> it would just be like, yeah, like vases getting thrown around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now she's meeting with her sister. At a restaurant. Oh, God. Because now she, you know, she knows what's up. Yeah. I think we accidentally did skip over a little bit of, like, when he first, like, really interacts with her at uh, James's house and is, like, choking her and, like, holding her up in the air and stuff. That oh, whole yeah, scene they have a is, kitchen fight. That whole scene is so scary. Oh, was that was that before this? Um, I think so. I think we just Where she's, of, like, breaking vases it's, it's, against it's him? It's right after Sydney and... James leave, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Because she's like, all right, I'm here alone. Come the fuck out, let's, you know, fuck around and see, you know? <laughs> and they, yeah, they get in a fight, and, and 
there's there's just a great moment of effects where she's smashing plates against his head and the plates are just breaking against nothing and it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks but awesome. Anyway, we accidentally kind of glazed over that. That's fine. Um, uh, so she she meets with her sister in a restaurant and and is finally like, look, I need to tell you something and like I need you to just a hundred percent like, look, I love I love you. I there's so much I admire about you and yeah, she frames it great. It's so it's she's such, like you're a strong person uh, when that strength is on my this, side. I feel safe when it's against me. I feel scared. This, Please be on my this side. This scene is when I was like, um, I I really felt truly stunned by this whole scene. It was just so good and fucking. Man. And by the way, I love the restaurant. The waiters like, oh well, um, <laughs> we do things a little differently here. Like, what I, a, you don't even see the dude's face, but that performance is so I good. I think you see him a bit as he walks yeah, away. Yeah, it's like, He's a, like Ugh. yeah, oh yeah, he does do a little eye roll. They're like, these. we just want water. Thank it's you. like an out of focus eye roll. But yeah, his his it's dialogue so is funny. hilarious. It's so good. Yeah. every fucking restaurant is like oh well we're more of an experience here like okay thanks i just want water uh so she she sets this up as like and you really feel for her in this moment and you too are also just sitting there like please listen to her oh my god we need you you we see need, her start and to you believe see her, her sister like okay i'm i'm gonna choose to believe you in this like whatever you say i'm gonna choose and you you see this connection you really see the emotional shift from the sister and you feel like this is a, a tide change like this is really like a game change You're like okay she's finally gonna have someone on her fucking side and then we see the sister look kind of like to the to her right and Elizabeth Moss is like what and there's just like a knife like floating behind Elizabeth Moss and it is so like blink like it is just so quick this knife just fucking slashes her sister's throat and, and then, then is- Adrian just puts the knife right in Elizabeth Moss's hand Holy and then pieces out Holy and so shit. she's just sitting there with this knife and then someone else from the next table looks over and starts screaming and then Dude. you realize that fucking hat like that was what I'm talking about yeah. when I was like I truly yeah. I have not been that shocked by a movie in a like that in a was while. crazy. It's so good. That is such a good scene. It re- the whole theater just erupted. It was like, oh my god! Like it's shocking and it's it's so disheartening that she finally had someone on her side. So and it's, crushing. And it's, now she's it's, framed. It's the old Candyman. Like, yeah, you were the murderer. There's so thing. much emotional shit. shit. It's like the emotions of like someone's gonna believe her, and then just all of that taken away from you, and also you instantly understand that she's gonna be framed for it. Yeah. and it's it's a whole different ball game now. That's yeah, yeah. fucking awesome. Oh, it's so good. So she's taken to a treatment center uh, as she awaits, you know, the court case on this murder. Yeah, very candy man. Yeah, and uh, there she is informed that she is pregnant. Yeah. That's when she finds out that Adrian was swapping out the birth control pills. And so uh, her Adrian's brother comes and visits her yeah. while she's there. Tells her, hey, you did a murder. <laughs> uh, we're taking away that college money from your friends. Oh, Sorry. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, oh, but, you know, if, you know, you're pregnant, if you come back to Adrian. So now we get confirmation he's alive and the brother's fucking in the on brother's it. brother's in on it. He's like, if you if you come back to Adrian and and raise this child together we can get this all hand waved away mm-hmm. again demonstrating their power to just manipulate the cops and justice system i think they would just get a really good lawyer because uh, yeah. it's like no one saw her do it that's yeah that's the other thing do restaurants have security cams um i don't i don't know okay 
I, I honestly don't I know. honestly don't know. Because that'd be wild if it did. Yeah, it's floating <laughs> knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I love that she calls. She's like, I used to think that you were, you know, also abused by him. But now I see you're just a jellyfish version of him. You're yeah. you're all his evil qualities without a spine. Yeah, everything about him except the spine. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, what some a, great dialogue in this burn. movie. I, that line is so great. Mm-hmm. Just what a sick burn. I felt that. So, yeah, it's, it's clear here that Adrian wants the kid. And that's what he's setting all this up for is to like hold this kid hostage. Yeah. And uh, the brother's like, we'll be watching. This That was the part where the guy kind of in front of us was laughing and we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> so she expertly steals a pen, like a fountain pen from mm-hmm. the brother's briefcase during this moment. And some sticky tack from the little sign oh, on the table that's oh, like, don't oh, draw on the yeah. table. No, it's yeah, like it's sticky the tack. sticky tack. Yeah. So yeah, she she uses that to hide the pen from uh, the, the, the room search at mm-hmm. night. And then she takes that fountain pen out that at night. And is yeah. Like, and she turns the shower on and she's like, I know you're in this room. Fuck you. I'm not going to let you control me anymore. And she goes and... She starts to slit her wrist. She starts to slit her wrist. Yeah. And I don't think it's she ever actually intended to kill herself here. I just think she had to realistically make it look like she was going to do so. But what's what's the explanation for that never getting she doesn't like wrap it up or anything? Do you think she just didn't? I think she's yeah, she's like not quite in the right spot. Like in the vein, she's just like cutting through. I think through. she's okay. kind of she's like off to the side a little bit. Okay, I, I think it's yeah. Because I that I wasn't sure about, but I just assume yeah, it was probably something like that. Yeah, I think she just does it in like a because weird then spot. she feels him go to stop her. Yeah, and she fucking stabs it, him because she's smart. She knows she's the so she knows the only thing that is gonna get like make him you know break or the only like thing that's gonna really get him to react and not just stand there staring at her impassively as if she literally hurts herself because he wants the kid and he wants her and if she's gonna take away both those things well that's it he's gotta act and that's when she stabs the suit and makes it glitch out glitch and holy shit it's so cool it's creepy yeah i love the effects of the suit i love it sometimes it gets a little obviously cg but but it never bothered me. No, it like, didn't it just me. fucking it's looks cool. cool. Yeah, the the suit because it's all these little hexagons that kind of like glitch in and out, and mm-hmm. you just see parts of it, and it's a very cool looking yeah. effect. And so, so now there's a whole escape sequence oh, from boy. this place with all these guards. Lots of upgrade cam where we're yeah got the camera kind of like attached to whoever's falling and stuff, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, a lot of guards being like, "Hey, what's going on?" and then getting beat up, and then the guards trying to be like, "Hey, what's going on?" And yeah. Uh, there is here's another moment uh for me uh, is it the last one maybe i think this is like the last one that bugged you okay yeah and this is when um she's knocked out or she's like not knocked out or anything but she's, she's on, on the, the ground floor, yeah. yeah and there's a guard who's knocked out right in front of her and his gun like slides out of his holster and then more guards show up it's like constant waves of guards showing mm-hmm. up and uh d- it's a little bit down the hallway from her and it's Adrian fighting these guards and then there's a sequence where like he takes this new guard's gun and it's like points it at the guy's head and he's like no please don't and then it's like I think he, he says, says bang he says bang it's like real, he's fucking real with joker it. move yeah fully, or like or... fully joker fight in this moment just bang and then, <laughs> and then I think he shoots he like shoots the... him in the back of the head I think. or like he walks or... away and then he like kind of oh that's right yeah. that's right but that entire and then after that moment we see her get the gun and like go after him. But my, my, this is my last complaint is that that whole time 
when he's like waving the gun and fucking around with that guard and is holding the gun so it's clear where he is that she didn't grab the gun and shoot him sure. or shoot at him. Yeah. Like it's a I sing- would have to watch that whole bit again. To it, it, it's there's a the, lot going on. It's because uh, what bothered me is that it doesn't show her for so long. Like it showed her, and then we do this whole little mini sequence with him, like taunting the guard. And the whole time, I'm just thinking about her and how close that other gun was, and how she should be using it. I right think now. this could have been fixed. Literally, if and I don't know if this is the case in that scene, but just flip the blocking around so that he's like. Pointing the, the gun at the guard's face so that like the guard is facing away from oh, Elizabeth yeah. Moss and so that so that if she moves he's mm-hmm. gonna shoot her. I don't know if that's how it's or if it's uh, put the guard in between Adrian and her so she couldn't shoot Adrian without shooting the guard. That would make sense, but I'm. Pretty... I think that's how it is though. Like... I don't think it is. I don't know though. Yeah, I, I get. There's again, a lot going none on. None of these are disqualifying. I'm taking notes. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> but there, I'm done nitpicking. Sure, sure. I just sure. want to voice these things in case other people saw them and they felt like it ruined the movie for them. Sure. I'm pointing out that you can see those things, and even if it bothers you, you can still love this movie. It's not disqualifying. Yeah, like I don't anyway. really care. <laughs> I I had a good time with this movie. I'm willing to overlook yeah. shit like that. So um, I'm done. She gets outside. Yeah, that's what we see. Uh, you missed it. I tried to point it out, but it, it's like blank and you miss it. We see there's a Billy face. on. Well, that's when she grabs the car. There's yeah. a little bit before that of uh, it's raining. Yeah. So we get to see the the suit in, in the rain, which is cool. And he grabs her and is holding her up. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you because of the kid that you hold. But I'm going to go kill Sydney for you doing all yeah. this. So then he lets her go and like presumably runs off to James's place. I think this was also a moment where I was like, why didn't he kill that other guard that's like in the parking lot? Because then that guard's able to be like, yo, there's a guy in a oh, weird that's right. suit. He, he didn't kill her? <laughs> he didn't kill the guy. Or that the, guard? No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. He left a witness. He, who can... he like throws, he like tosses the gun because I think he's like fucking with that dude. I don't know, something. But, but yeah. He, that, leaves, that was the thing. he leaves a witness alive. Yeah. He yeah. left someone to corroborate her statement, yeah. which I don't think was ever brought back up. Which no, wait. Well, because when oh later, yeah, they they find they, out. Yeah, because they all you know. I think at that oh, point, yeah, it's they like even there's, mention there's, a lot of guards. Yeah, a lot saw. of guards saw. I think at that point, it's like he knows, like whatever. People have seen this sure. and seen the suit. Fuck it. There's cameras. Cameras all over. Whatever, yeah, yeah. dude. Okay, it's, that's fine. Fuck it. I'm not gonna try anymore to cover this <laughs> up. I'm fully crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna it go up. kill a job. Yeah, yeah. Go kill that kid. Yeah, and yeah, on on the fence, uh, as like there's a bunch of cars pulling into the parking lot and pulling out, like there's a Billy graffiti on oh, the okay. fence. Really quick, blank, and you miss it, but he's there. So yeah, she gets a car, it gets in a crash, and she's like, "Get out!" She uses her gun to get it, and she's driving back to James's, and she calls him, and is like, "Go home." Yeah, Sydney's, Sydney's in danger. danger. He yeah, does gets home, and that's when the visible man is there. He's beaten up on James. It's brutal oh um, yeah dude it sucks to watch <laughs> like it's effective but like damn you don't even see the punches but you see his head his head getting going to either and, and there's blood spitting out blood it's holding the graphic and it's oh yeah 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 uh because you know sydney is there watching and, mm-hmm. but then elizabeth moss comes in and fucking shoots saves the down. day yeah and and but after our invisible man falls down, she peels off the suit. It's very <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's not Adrian. It's Adrian's brother. Yeah, Tom. I think what's his name. I think so. I called so, it earlier. I was like, but, it's gonna be him. Yeah, the, seat, the but, suit. But James, uh, James is alive. Sydney's alive. Um, James explains they're in the police station. That's when he's like, 
yeah, we believe you now. Obviously, <laughs> there's, you know, witnesses and... And then the police go to Adrian's house, bust in and search it, and they find Adrian in the basement. Yeah, locked in a in back the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now the story is, and, and this is what James believes too, James is like, dude, it wasn't Adrian. It was his brother, like... Adrian was tied up in the basement like his brother was doing this to you the whole time and that's when Elizabeth Moss is like no this is what he does is he makes you feel crazy he does all this shit and then reworks it so that he looks innocent and that you look crazy and he's doing it to you too because you think that it was his brother this whole time and it wasn't and um so you still even though like I guess there's like this resolution but you're still in her position of feeling like no god damn it and james is like drop it you're safe now and she's she's like no No, not as long as adrian's around i am not safe right yeah yeah exactly so you're still i mean that's what's so uh that's what's so crushing about this is there's so many moments where even when people think like okay no you're good you're safe now adrian like you know they find out adrian's dead in the beginning you're safe he's Mm -hmm. gone like uh uh-uh. uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, oh no, you're safe because he was in the basement the whole time, and it was actually his brother. Like, no, I'm not. Like, no, fucking listen to me. No one's listening to me. <laughs> so she decides to hatch one last plan to to make this all safe for her for real, and she goes to Adrian's place. Yes. And and I think this is why you have to have her leave the suit in a yes. hidden cubby somewhere yes. in his house or else you don't get this ending plot purpose wise this makes total sense yes yeah because this ending rules it's uh and this good. is finally uh what's his name oliver jackson cohen who he, was he's in hill house hill house he was grown up luke yeah uh, great job there and he is adrian in this and you don't get to see him at all he's like sleeping in that opening scene mm-hmm. he punches through the window but he's great in this but he finally gets to act in this final scene where he sees her and is like really happy to see her. And I know I made some mistakes before, yeah. but now that and I we've got gone this through this dinner and it's like a just charming thing of like, I didn't know what you wanted, I got lobster you or steak. Spaghetti and so I got you sushi both. and what, yeah. Yeah. So she sits down and is saying, listen, I know you want this kid and I know you want me. I will agree to that. If you just if tell you me the met. truth, we have to start this relationship on the truth tell me that it was you doing this and then we can ha- move forward and put this behind us and be together. And he continues to refuse it and we see that James is listening in on yeah, a wire she's in the car, a wire. which is great. And you know, he probably assumes something like that, that either she's setting him up yeah. or maybe he just doesn't even, even if he doesn't think, think there's a wire involved. I just, honestly think it's part, it's just part of the abuse. Yeah, I think he just doesn't want to give her that. Really, and I felt for a moment for like a moment, I was like, fuck, what if he didn't do it? Or he yeah. somehow got his, which is, and that's it, which is credit dumb to because the movie. he is talking to her while he's invisible. So like, it would be weird if, you know, like she would know his voice. Yeah, but like, still, I I wouldn't know his voice, but she would. But she would. But yeah. I still had a moment where I was like, "Fuck!" Like, is there something more to this? Because I thought maybe it was gonna be like a, because I his brother did mention like you know he was abusive to me too, and I thought like, well, is there some weird like. Because, you know, abusers are often abused. Is there like a weird, you know, kind of circular thing where like this time it wasn't actually him? And Mm. so they're both just going to be like living with these weird lies where they both, you know, and it was like, oh, fuck, that's bleak and really dark. But uh, but then he tells her that, uh, you know, I want to start like no more, no more surprises. No, the line is that shouldn't come as a 
surprise. Surprise. Okay, that's, I couldn't remember exactly what he said. Because not only did she get the text that said surprise, he he also vocalized and said something so to he her. He says surprise. I think in another context, point. while yeah. invisible and like harassing her. So, so she heard third. him say her rule of threes. It's, it's is, very good. And so, but he says it he, that shouldn't come as a surprise. And like, if you're James listening to the wire. You don't know what yeah. that means, and but it clicks for her, and she's like, he just and his the look on his face, yeah, because he's fucking with her, and yeah, he loves he's like it. smiling. You can tell he's getting like such a rise out of it, mm-hmm. and it's really creepy. But he just confirmed to her yeah. that he was behind without it without confirming. So later, if she's like, "Well, you said surprise," yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, I yeah, just said yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, wait, what are you saying? Like, I didn't see. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, "Let me. Okay, I did, I need to go to the bathroom," and she goes in the bathroom, and then. You just see her standing in the mirror, and then it's him sitting at the table by himself. And what's great is that earlier, when she had first arrived, we saw a point-of-view camera from a security cam Mm -hmm. of the dinner table. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's the security cam pointing at the dinner table, Mm -hmm. and he's sitting there by himself. His arm, he just kind of, like, picks up a knife and then, like, slashes his own throat. It's super quick. And... You can tell it's like he's not doing himself, obviously. But like, it, I think it cuts back to the security cam, so like you know, you it know, just it caught just, him like yeah, you know his own that if, I, if you're looking at this footage, it just he's sitting there and all of a sudden he just cuts his throat and and then a minute later she comes out of the bathroom, quote yeah. unquote, and is like, oh my god, no! And she calls the police. She puts on and she a, puts a on great a great act, and then she like notes the eyeline of the camera and backs up out of the way so she's not on the security camera as he's laying there dying and then she like drops the facade and is like fuck you with her face and it's so great and satisfying because yeah she went to the bathroom then went and got the suit came out did that Mm -hmm. put the suit back and came out and did the act (laughs) it's cool james rushes in because she's you know he hears her on the wire calling for the police and uh, she comes out and she has the suit in a bag. Mm-hmm. There's the evidence. And <laughs> she's like, what did it sound like to you on the wire? And, and he's like, uh, I guess it sounded like he killed her. He, he knows. Oh, he knows that she did he it. He knows that she did it. But, but I think he's like, I guess she had a point. Yeah, like, he's I like, guess it sounds like. Sounded like he killed, he killed himself. Yeah, so they our make, theater claps. Yeah, our theater did clap. <laughs> when he so says that, that line. They make this unspoken agreement that. He killed himself. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the police, and uh, that is my official statement on this matter. Yep. Uh, we'll just <laughs> wipe our hands of that, and then we get the last shot of her, kind of like it's it's just of her, and you know yeah. she's free. She's finally and safe. She looks amazing she, and she, has yeah. She smiles because it's like you're finally safe. Yeah. Hell yeah. Damn man. Functions is a good revenge flick too. It's great. Like, that is that is a satisfying ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. All those tiny little nitpicks I picked out when that end the, scene happens. The emotional payoff is so good that like so whatever. Good. Yeah, and yeah, our our theater is, is clapping. Like it is so fun to have a theater fully on board with um a main character, and that's what that's what's so fun about the. And she's not like a final girl, really. She's you know just a main character who's she's a woman. But it that is what's so fun about horror. Often is it's. You know, you're in a theater and everyone's rooting for for the the woman to make it out alive, and you're like in her shoes, and it's like a very cool like thing to just be in an audience full of people that are like rooting for this woman to get out of her abusive relationship, and it's like it's just like a nice, I you know, I liked it, good yeah. vibes, loved in the it. Theater, looking forward to Lee Winnell's uh, next work, whatever it is, I don't care. I mean, who knows if it's another Universal monster? I did, I did see something about. Elizabeth Banks making an Invisible Woman movie. 
oh i don't want that i don't, I don't want care that. Yeah. <laughs> like no it's fine like we don't but like it, that was uh uh according to wikipedia it was noted to be begin production um before this came out it was like november i wonder if that was part of like in tandem with the older like they were gonna do the dark universe yeah dark universe i don't know they should have just i think i saw a tweet about this they should have just put dark universe on this movie like let's just rehab dark universe this was great yeah but i guess instead they're just gonna do individual movies which is also fine not everything needs to be a universe i think i think a creature from the black lagoon would be cool Mm -hmm. now especially like let's make it about climate change fuck it like if we're if we're kind of if we're gonna like couch these like if we're gonna like you know make these allegorical and like timely which i think is a cool thing to do with the the universal monsters because we know them we all know them and we can make them about you know timely issues i think it'd be cool uh yeah we got a lot of new horror movies coming out this year and so what we'll probably be doing hopefully i want to review um because i think more a lot of people tend to like these like ones where it's it's movies and theaters that we can review um I, I enjoy it's doing that. It's easier for me, especially like, you know, again, we're wedding and just lots of stuff uh, this year. It's a bit easier on me to edit. Um, if we do more films that are like out in theaters now, I think, yeah, we'll be doing more of that. Yeah, I think we got a lot coming out, like basically once a month because uh, we've got A Quiet Place 2 coming out. Candyman. Candyman. Uh, uh, another Purge movie. So we got a lot of movies coming out mm-hmm. that will. Candyman. Can't, yeah, you said that. Are you just saying Candy it? Man. No, no, stop it. No, don't say no, that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's so good. She's so good. But yeah, so well, you can look forward to that. Lots of uh, podcast reviews. Yeah. I'll still like, you know, at some point this year, I do want to do um, a more researchy one where it's, but it, it's just hard because I also, I just want to have the time and mental space to plan my wedding. I yeah. don't want to commit to doing anything crazy. So if we do any more um, big research episodes, you'll get them when you get them. Yeah. Kind of. I, I, at least this year, I can't really commit to anything. Next year, I'll be back on the grind and we'll get down and dirty with some fun stuff. And uh, yeah, you'll have a super cut of, I think, Simpsons references out um, from <laughs> me uh, this Friday. And then we'll have some other stuff for you this month, including a Leprechaun Kills ranked. Yeah. And uh, oh, I think we're going to be premiering our new series. <gasps> oh, shit. Okay, yeah. cool. So have uh, that'll be on the 20th. Keep your eye out for that. And then uh, this month's kill count is Mandy yes. on the 27th, which is a fucking awesome Love movie. Mandy Go watch so it. so much. Um, and again, March 31st, I meet live in LA. Yes link in the description below cool well you know the social meds and all that stuff so until next time i'm james i'm chelsea and this has been the dead meat podcast <laughs>